let's get into this, man, because I, man, I, I, boy, the Lord is, who? <laughs> he says a deer panted for the water, so my soul longs after you. And, and, and any of us who've been, who've been rocking with Christ for two seconds, it's something in you that thirsts to get back to your daddy, that thirsts for your father. And when you realize when you've tried weed and you try alcohol and you try sex and you try partying and you try everything, you realize that just don't fix it. It's a God-sized hole. Like I, 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 I keep trying to put a, a, a pencil inside, inside a whole cup. And I need several pencils. I got to fill my life with all these sins to try to fill this hole in my life. God said, well, I'm the lid. Like, like I'm the lid. Just, just seal your life with me. Stop stuffing a bunch of stuff in there that ain't supposed to be there. We've been in this series, y'all. What's it called? Walk with me. Speak to me. Come on. That's our word for the year. God said, this year I want y'all to grow. And as y'all commit to growing, I'm going to cause supernatural growth around you. So give me my, give me my, I'm going to give right to John 15. Give me my series scriptures. He says, John 15, verse 1. NRT, I'm the true grapevine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he proves the branches that do bear fruit so they produce even more fruit. Even more. I added the word. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. So he's saying this is not a salvation talk. He said, we're past salvation. I'll give you that for free. Now I want you to, I'm trying to teach you a lifestyle with me. The chapter before, he's talking about, I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. Let me show you how to let the Holy Spirit operate in your life. You got to stay connected to me. Watch what he says here in verse 4. Remain in me and, my, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot produce fruit and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Verse 5, yes, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. It is inevitable. If you stay connected to Jesus Christ, if you stay connected to his will and his way for your life, if you commit to growth, if you commit to sanctification, if you commit to everything we're going to talk about today, you will produce fruit. It will be people like, why is she calling me? I ain't never prayed for nobody. But why does she want me to call you? Because you're producing fruit. And they see it on your life. And you don't know why people want to be around you now or why people want to hang with you or why people trust you. Thank you so much. Now, why people want to trust you now? Because you're producing fruit. You don't even see the fruit because God is producing it in your life. He says, he says you will produce fruit if you remain in me. Verse, verse 6, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away as a useless branch of wizards. Such branches are gathered into a pile and burned to be burned. Verse 7, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. See, a lot of us, we just want to get to that part. And generally at old school church, we just preach at verse 7 and we shout all day. And, and we forgot about the first six verses that talk about obedience <laughs> and talk about abiding and, and, and connecting and, and getting our weight up and, and getting our crew right and, and, and realize what God is trying to do in our life. We just want to jump to verse 7. But God said, I want to endow with and give you that power. But you have to abide and remain in me so I can remain in you. Because what happens is what genuinely starts to happen is when you really abiding and you remaining and staying connected, what you start wanting starts to be what God wants. You start realizing, I ain't prayed for my own situation in months. I've been praying for God to get the glory out of the church and out of my life. I forgot I was broke. But you start wanting, start lining up with what God wants for you. He says, he says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. And when I was a kid, I'm like, okay, just make God happy, and he's going to make me have all the Corvettes in the world. Like, but then it started down to me. I've been driving my son Raggedy Jeep for months, and I didn't even talk to God about a car. I'm like, Lord, just get, bless your house. Send souls that need to be saved. Send people that need to understand your love. And I realized, like, I ain't even prayed about the fact that my credit card maxed out. 
Like, after, after I, I, I so focused on what God wants for me, I started realizing my problems became secondary to what God wants to do in my life and what God is doing in his house. And when I realized that when you worry about God's business, he'll worry about yours. When you focus on what he wants for you, all of a sudden, <laughs> just randomly, raises will start coming. Just randomly, things will start happening in your life, and you didn't even pray about it. Watch this in verse 7, last verse of this is this first scripture. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. So it's the such thing as fake disciples? Why would he say you would be my true disciples? He couldn't say that unless there's some disciples that were trying to be disciples that really weren't disciples. I ain't got time for that. This brings great glory to my father. The whole purpose of this is to bring great glory to the father. I got to point this out. God stood this passage door. Sorry. He said, if you, if you remain in me and I remain in you, I will produce much fruit. Much fruit. You don't get to pick the fruit. You don't get to be an orange tree. You like oranges better. He said, I will produce fruit. You don't get to pick what I, I you, if a vine, a, a branch is connected to a tree, the branch don't determine what fruit come out. The tree determines what fruit come out based on what tree it is. He said, if you connect connected to me, I will do, I will determine and provide and realize and let you realize who you are. What we want to do is connect, get, I need a branch, give me something. Pops, can you come for me? If Pops is the tree and I'm the vine. And, and I'm supposed to be connected to him, so he's, man, he's, oh, dang, okay. <laughs> and I'm connected to him, and I'm a branch. And he determines today, we been, we, we, we sowing today. I don't get to look back at the branch and say, no, we not, we, we, we singing. He's the source. He's the nutrition for me. It says if any branch is cut off from the, if cut off from the vine, it will wither and die. So that means without him, I'm lifeless. I only have sustainability in life because I'm connected to something bigger and better than me. So I can't tell the source what I'm doing with my life. I can't tell the source what he needs to do for me. He gets to decide what I'm doing with myself. So as long as, because the minute I do this, I'm cut off from resource. I'm cut off from water. I'm cut off from the photosynthesis process. I'm cut off from something. Everything I need is cut off. I don't have no roots. I have nothing strong. So now I'm over here, why my life so jacked up? Why my life so jacked up? Why things ain't right? Why I've been doing this for so long? Why am I withering? Why things are getting smaller? Why I'm struggling so bad? Why? Because I left my source. I left my source. And one thing about God, one thing he says is all I need you to do is connect right back. See, I'm not, I have never changed. He didn't move one bit. He said, I'm not moving away from you. I'm, it's, it's you that moved. It's you that disconnected yourself from me. It's you that start reading your Bible. It's you that start doing everything else with yourself. I never changed. All you got to do is come back and connect back to me. And then all of a sudden, I'm back feeling good and nourished. See, if a branch fall off, you can graft it back into the tree. Yeah, you can graft it in. You can tape it up and put a little soil and water and wrap it up and take it off in a few weeks. It's going to be connected right back. And what we have to do is stay connected to the vine, to the source of our power. And if we don't do that, thank you, Pops. Give me my second question. I don't even supposed to be preaching this. There is uh, Hebrews chapter 11. This is our serious scripture. There is much more we would like to say about this, but it, it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. This is our serious scripture. This is why we got to grow. First, God is calling us to grow. We need to be connected to him in order to have growth. Secondly, we got to check ourselves because he said, I want to do more. I want to explain more, but you're dull at hearing. You don't listen, verse 12. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you the basic things about God's word. You still stuck on salvation? You still realizing that you are saved by grace through faith? I'm trying to get you into to, to prophetic. 
It's supernatural. And I got to explain to you the basic things. I got to still debate with you, should I smoke or not? We got to still talk about just basic things. We're supposed to be past that. And what I refuse to do is do this church, and every year we come back in here just doing the same thing. Hey, sis, just doing the same thing. And there's no growth. There's no supernatural in our life. There's no move of the Holy Spirit in our life because we haven't committed to growth. And he, the, the, the writer here is going off pretty much everybody. It's like, y'all should be teaching about now. I got to go back to the basic things. He says, you're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. He says, verse 13, for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do right what is right. You don't even know how to live. You don't even know the difference between right and wrong because you're still a baby. You're still sucking on the baba on a very basic level. You can't even get no real nourishment. He says, he says, solid food is for those who are mature. Watch this. Who through training have skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Y'all won't train. This is us in the church. We don't want to train. So we get our cute little yoga balls. Look at me, guys. I speak in tongues. Look at me. Now look how silly I look. 240 pounds lifting a one-pound yoga ball. But this is what we do in church. We we are so gifted. We just, look at me, church. I can sing you, and I sing everybody get emotional. Look, look at my form. Now, if I keep lifting these, I will never get stronger. I, this this would be us too. Where my other one? Where my other one? We think see, so. Some of us. I, I read my Bible and I fast once a year with the church. So I got three pounders. I got three pounders now. Eh, look at me. I'm so much stronger than everybody else in the church. Ha, ha, he, 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 look at her. You don't work out at all. I go to the gym every day with my three pounders. And if I keep doing this, I never grow. I will never get strong like this. This will never make me stronger. This, this baby, my daughter can come up here and do this. These are for babies. And God said, in church now, I need y'all to grow. We're living in a day and time where people are literally dying and going to hell, where people are worshiping crystals, where people are talking about, I need my sage to get my atmosphere. I heard a video today, girl, talking about, I'm really big into manifestation. You ain't got no power. What you going to manifest? You can't create nothing. Your mama created you and somebody created her. Who are you to manifest anything? Well, we got people right now down to go to hell, and then it's even worse because we be in church. <laughs> doing this for 30 years, and and judging everybody else, and grew one lick because we ain't getting our weight up. We keep doing, we we, we refuse to lift the proper weights. We refuse to get in the gym and grow. We refuse to do what God telling us to do and be under the the sanctification and the process of sanctification that he's been telling us to go through. So we settle, and we never grow, and then we'll see a 21-year-old or a 19-year-old like Jordan. Like Pastor Jordan, and he all the way on the big weights. And we say, well, you, I'm older than you. So because I've been lifting my three-pounders longer, you need to submit to me first. He, he's on 40s. You've been doing your three-pounders, but when he, he, only, he was on three-pounders for only a month because that's all God designed for him to be on for a month. See, the children of Israel had an 11-day journey. They were supposed to go through this weight session really quick. And what God was trying to do is get Egypt off of them and get him into them. Let me get you, you, all you know is Egypt. So now I got to rip Egypt for you and put my will, my way, my law inside of you. And we so stuck on three pounders like they were. Take us back to Egypt. It was better there. See, they had it at first. They was on the little baby weights, the little, the little yoga weights. First, they were like, just, they knew who to pray to. But when he took them out and put them to the test, and they had to pick up a little bit extra weight, take us back to Egypt. Is there, were there no graves in Egypt? 
Watch this. Give me my video on the way. This is what we looking like in our churches. I'm coming for us. I don't care. This is what we look like. churches but I'm working out I'm sweating all through the pews I'm working out though pastor I'm here but could you just come that wasn't what God asked you for that wasn't what he told you to do but we walk around monkey paw jumping I'm lifting weights in the gym every day but he told you to love give me James chapter 2 message version watch this y'all do I hear, watch this, watch this, pay attention, read it for yourself. Don't say he read, say, say I read it for myself, I ain't making this up. Do I hear you professing to believe in the one and only God, but then, but, but, but then observe you complacently, complacency, complacently, sitting back as if you have done something wonderful? That's, that's, that, that's just great. Demons do that. But what good does it do them? Use your heads. Do you suppose for one minute that you can cut faith and works into two and not end up with a corpse on your hand? I'm going to read it again because I messed it up. Do I hear you professing to believe in the one and only God, but then observe you complacently sitting back as if you have done something wonderful? That's just great. Demons do that. But what good does it do them? Use your heads. Do you suppose for a minute that you can cut faith and works into two and not end up with a corpse on your hands? Do you think that you can claim the name, the name of Jesus Christ? Walk around here, run around here and do nothing and don't think that you're going to be a dead man walking? Spiritually dead. Spiritually dull. Spiritually has no life in you because you are chose to put your faith in Jesus Christ as a believer and then walk away and live any kind of way and do any kind of thing. He says those branches are great, burnt, put in the pile and burned up. He's not talking about sending you to hell. He's talking about you are useless to the kingdom of God. Because you won't line up with what he's asking you to do. He, give me, give me. He, I got to remind you, this. salvation is free. Give me 2 Corinthians 6. Salvation is free. Sanctification ain't. I'm making that words again. Salvation is free. Sanctification is not free. Salvation was a free gift of grace. So what? Nobody can boast about it. God said, this is my stuff. I get the credit for saving you because you couldn't do it yourself. Like we were yet sinners. What? Christ died. He said, you ain't got nothing to do with salvation. But... Sanctification don't cost you. Dying to your flesh. You speak another tongue for me because that's a hard one. Dying to your flesh is hard. Listen, I have a, a gluttony problem. And I would do stuff like, I, I did it yesterday. I would go to places like Freddy's and get a triple double cheeseburger, large fry, and a Dr. Pepper Zero. Don't drink your calories. Don't drink your calories. And then I'll get another six-piece chicken tender meal. I think it's five pieces. And, and I like, give me three barbecue sauces. 
I gotta have all the sugar and the fruit on it. And I'll sit there and eat every single bit. I can't make this up, my wife will tell you. I will go, I only go to restaurants where it's multiple next door. So I go to McDonald's if it's a Taco Bell, like a Wendy's right by. So I can go, I can jump down in the parking lot. And I will go get me a Mexican pizza, go next door and McDonald's. You got to use a McDonald's app. Get that buy one, get one free double cheeseburger. And I get the double cheeseburger, and then I get notebooks, no mustard, add extra onion. And then I get the six-piece nugget, give me a sweet and sour. And I will go next door to Wendy's. And I, I use my app. I, I got a folder in my phone with nothing but fast food applications. And I go to Wendy's and say, it's a free chili with any purchase. What do I want? Give me one of them chocolate frosties. And I will sit there and eat 3,000 calories. And then by my stomach, baby, oh. And then go lay down because I'm lethargic now. I'm useless now. I'm on the couch in the middle of the day just lethargic. And I get up like, what's for dinner? Are you serious? And she, she'll look at me like, bro, you need to stop. I'm like, baby, it's okay. I'm going to work out tomorrow. I'm going to go for a run. And what I, what I, what, we have a sin issue. It takes work for me to tell myself uh, to job past McDonald's. What? They got the free Big Mac today. It's free fries Friday. Like, oh, I can't have it. Oh. And then I have to offload the app so they won't send me notifications. But when they send me notifications, I got to go get the deal. See, some of us got issues, and it ain't, it ain't easy. It ain't, this ain't free. To love somebody that don't like you. See, what comes natural to us is, bah, <laughs> I don't need you, boo. You thought that you, you thought I needed you. <laughs> okay. I didn't need you, boo. Like, that's how we are. But God says, love your enemy. Give me, give me my second Corinthians. I'm sorry, I had you put up and went somewhere else. Second chapter 6, message verse. It says, don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not a partnership. That's war. Is light, is light best friends with the dark? Does Christ go strolling around with the devil? Do you trust and misunderstand? Do you trust and mistrust? Do you trust and mistrust whole hands? Who would think of setting up a pagan idols in God's holy temple? But that is exactly what we what we are. Each of us, a temple in whom God lives. God Himself is put it, put it this way. He says, "I love this part." He says, "He says, would you think of setting up a pagan idol?" in God's holy temple. What if I brought up here a pentagon? What if y'all came in here with a pentagon on a wall with the ram's horn? I don't even know where all that, that crap is. Would y'all come in here? We wouldn't think of doing nothing like that, would we? Why? But this is the house of God. Some of y'all got a cursing problem, but somehow it gets cut off when you get to church. Because you wouldn't think of being at church. Y'all know sometimes y'all be like, we in church, don't do that right now. Because we wouldn't think of disrespecting the house of God. Did you not forget that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Would you not think for one minute? Would you not think for one minute that when you go, I'm going to leave y'all Give me my question. Give me my four questions. Because I'm not going to pick on y'all no more today. Are we willing to do what it takes to be a kingdom vessel? earthly tool for heavenly use. Are you willing to be so out for Jesus, 100% loyal to his plan for your life? Do you have enough faith to grow? Are you ready to trust God with all of you? 
Do you really want God? Are you a believer or a Christian, a Christ-like individual, a person pursuing discipleship with Christ? Ultimately, what I'm trying to ask you is, will you obey the command to be sanctified? Will we obey the command to be sanctified? Salvation is free. Sanctification is not. But pastor, I go to church every Sunday. I am sanctified. I go to church every Sunday. Pastor, I'm here every week. Babies. Sitting here lifting. But I come. That's not enough. That's not what God actually do. He didn't say just come. But, but pastor, but pastor, and this is what we're doing. He's lifting dead weight, something that's not helping us. That's, bare, that's not even base model. That's not even bare minimum. I got two questions we want to answer today. I want to answer two questions today. What does real growth look like? Second question. What does a fully grown up Christian look like? This can be answered in two parts. We're going to make this simple today. We got two parts. And I'm going to just put some, a lot of scripture in your face. I want, this is my plan for this series. For this, yeah, my pastor been having a lot of scripture. I've been in the Bible, I'm like, woo! My job, my goal is to stuff so much text at you and in you that you just can't, you bottle up by scripture. See, I told you all the time, I don't have the power to change you. I know something that does. See, if I get enough word in you, it says, the scripture says, thy word that I've hid in my heart that I might not sin against it. But if you, you send it all, like you send it all day every day because you don't have no word in you. You don't have no text in you. So my goal, I'm going to take some of the same scripture. I'm like, hey, did we just read that last week? We did. I did it on purpose. I'm going to just switch it to a different version. Let's go message. Let's go amplify. I'm going to keep pushing this at you in so many different ways that you ingest it. Because we have a habit of doing this, coming to church sometime and kicking it and going home like, that was so good. <laughs> it really was, Pastor. I mean, you tore it up. But did you grow? Like, did you get it? <laughs> So I'm going to just keep stuffing the same thing at you in different angles. So the scripture sticks to you so much that so when you're about to go, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. Because the scripture is convicting you. The Holy Spirit is, is the scripture. See, God is, a, this is Jesus on pages. The living word. Is, and I need to get so much of it at you that you can't avoid it even if you want to. So I'm going to just keep giving you a lot of scripture. We're going to answer this question in two parts. The first part, what does a, what a, what, what a, a fully grown up Christian look like? First part, they will be sanctified. The first quality you will see of a true Christian, a Christ-like individual, not just a believer who believes Jesus Christ down the cross for their sins, but they still have made a choice to struggle and sit and sin. I'm going to just do a couple things right, but I ain't ready to let this go. I mean, I ain't going to never stop smoking because it's, it's my pastime, and it's, it helps me out on a bad day. I'm talking about people who said, Christ, God, I'm giving you everything. And I'm not perfect. I would never be that. But I'm sure about to try. I'm talking about people who are really want to be sanctified. Sanctification, we read about last week. Somebody is going to be set apart. I'm going to come out from everybody else and set apart myself so God owns my life. First thing that we would look like, two parts. What do they look like? They will be sanctified. So after this lesson, they're going to have to go back and evaluate your life and say, what does a grown-up Christian look like? Ooh, pastor, I ain't neither one of them things. Got work to do. They will be sanctified. Luke chapter 9. Watch this. Luke chapter 9. Verse 23. Pastor, can you go grab me Luke 14, 25? I'll be to you in a minute. Luke 9, 23. Then he said to the crowd, watch this. Read it. Put your eyes on it. It's red. Y'all know what it get ready to get? That's Jesus talking. I'm really listening. Then the crowd, then he said to the crowd, if any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up you're across daily and follow me. You got to grind. Salvation is free. 
Sanctification, nay, being set apart for the use of kingdom and the use of God is not free. He said, you got to pick up your cross and follow me. You got to give up yourself. Verse 24, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do a benefit if you gain the whole world but yourself lost or destroyed? Do you know that living for yourself, yeah, you'll be popping, your, your followers will be popping, your career will be great, your 401k will be cracking, but you won't have no heavenly reward. He said, what, what does it gain you to get all this stuff and lose your soul and lose yourself in the world? Verse 26, if anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the son of man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and, his, and, and, and in the glory of the father and the holy angels. And I would think about this. Let me finish this 27. I'll tell you the truth. Some standing here right now will die before they see the kingdom of God. Watch this verse 26. Marie gave, if anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and the glory of the Father and the Holy, and the holy, and, and the holy Angels. There's something happened here. See, angels, on the, I remember this, but uh, uh, he opened up the heavens and he said, I've seen the angels going up and down on a ladder ministering to God's people. The role of the angels is to be between you and God and minister to you. It's like when Daniel prayed and he sent uh, Gabriel Gabriel had some problems with the principality of the era. He sent Michael, because Michael was the, 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 the archangel. He said, listen, he's saying, I, I'm going to be ashamed of you. If you go down there and see, we thought, this is what I used to think when I was younger, and I know how y'all do this too. I ain't ashamed. I post about him all the time. Oh, where about Jesus, hoodie? That's, that's, that's not really what he's talking about. He's talking about, if you don't line up your life with my will, my way, when everybody is screaming black, you're screaming Christ. Everybody else, we are Democrat, we are Republican, liberal. You said, no, 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 I'm going with what Christ say. When everybody else go one way, he said, you be ashamed of me? And you ain't trying to line up with me? You ain't trying to rock with me for real? He said, I'm going to do the same thing to you. Don't pray to me. I ain't sending no angels. He says, he says, he says, and then the glory of the Father and the holy angels. He said, it's, it's angels in my presence right now writing instructions. What to do in her life? Nothing. Because she ain't doing nothing with her life for me. So if you're ashamed of me down there to live for me and live holy, no matter what your friend's going to say, if you got to leave that boyfriend because he ain't really right with Jesus and you are ashamed to separate your life from me, I'm, you sure right. <laughs> I can't send no help to you. You can get no heavenly help. Give me Galatians 5, 524. Matter of fact, I got to read this in the message version. I, I got to give y'all this because it was really, really good. Luke 9, message version, was quick, 23. Then he told them what they could expect from themselves. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me leave. You are not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Ah, it's what I just said. He's not talking about I'm just, I'm telling people I'm a Christian. He said suffering for me. He says anybody, he says no, no servant is greater than the master. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. He said don't, you got to embrace suffering for me. You have to be willing to take an L for my name. That's what he means by not being ashamed. He says follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Lady P hit that last week. He says self-sacrifice is the way. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way. My way to finding yourself, your true self. And while a lot of us out here, I'm just trying to find myself. I'm going to move to California in a little bitty shack room with a roommate because I'm finding myself. He says, actually, if you want to find yourself, you would come to me. I'll show you exactly who you are. He says self-help is no help at all. He says, he says, he says, he says, the real you, if any of you are embarrassed with me in the way I'm leading you, know, know that the Son of Man will be far more embarrassed with you when he arrives in all his splendor in the company of the Father and the holy angels. This isn't you, this isn't you, this isn't you realize pie in the sky, sky by, uh, uh, pie in the sky, 
by and by. Some have some some who have taken their stand right here are going to see it happen. See their see with their own eyes the kingdom of God. Galatians 5, 24. You know, he says, those who belong to Christ have nailed their passions and desires of the sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. The first thing they will be is sanctified. Listen to what we're reading here. They who those who belong to Christ for real have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature, their flesh, to the cross and crucified them there. It died with Christ. Since you we are living by the Spirit, let the let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. He said, If you really belong to me, the Spirit is leading you. You have took what you wanted, you have took what you desire, you put that on the cross. Now I'm leading you. He says, Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or, or be jealous of one another. Don't do that. I love the message where he said, among those who belong to Christ, everything is connected with, get, uh, connected with getting their own way. Mindlessly responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed off for good and crucified. Among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting your own way and mindlessly responding to whatever else, what everyone else calls necessities is killed off for good, crucified mindlessly just responding, I want to go do this, I want to do this, I just want to do it, we just do it, we mindlessly, we don't even think about it, we don't even think it's just holy, it's just necessary. I heard the man of God say this morning, should I buy this burger? Should I get this food? We Mindlessly, we just do stuff without even asking the Holy Spirit. We just living, we just going, we just, just doing whatever we want to do, mindlessly just responding to whatever, or what everybody else calls necessity. He said, we kill that out. He said, since this is the kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold as an just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our life. Every area of your life, you should be trying to line it up with the Word of God. Everywhere in your life, how I date, what the Bible say. Who I marry, what the Bible say. How I spend my money, what the Bible say. Every area of our lives should be lined up with God, with what God said for our lives. This is, this is what the, a true growing up in Christ will look like. This means we will not compare ourselves with each other as if one of us are better or worse. John chapter 3, verse 30. He must become greater and greater. Now must become less and less. The whole point, if we're going to be sanctified, if, 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 if the, the first part of a grown-up Christian, a mature Christian, is sanctified, you say he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He must increase, I must decrease. That is the life of a Christian, a real one. Remember when we were earlier, he said, my true disciples, I ain't making this stuff up. He said, this is the life of my true disciples. They will stay connected to me. They will come less and less. I will become greater and greater in their lives. Watch this. Give me Luke 14, Minister of King. Give me Luke 14, 25 through 34. Just go for me. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else, your father mm. and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. Mm. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Mm. But don't, be, uh, but don't begin until you count the costs. Mm -hmm. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating Come the cost on. to see if there is enough money to finish mm -hmm. it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money and then everyone would laugh at you. This is, this is the thing. I, I, I'm, I'm going to have you go a little bit longer. This is the thing. He says, if you want to be my disciple, you must by comparison. Hate everyone else. Your father, your mother, your wife, because he knew we were going to throw in. What about my mama? My kids, I love my kids. They come first in my life. He said, well, by comparison, if you really want to be my disciple, he's not literally telling you go hate your mama. Some of you guys go home like, mama, it's over. Like, <laughs> what he's saying is by comparison, I need to come first before all of that. So how you love your mama, 
how you love your kids. How you do all these things is through a lens or a filter through how I want you to do it. That's ultimately what he's saying. Go all the way to 34. Finish me to 34. They would say there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Mm -hmm. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down uh, with his counselors to discuss whether his armor, army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching uh -huh. against him? And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Come on. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its savor, how do you make it salty again? It says verse 35, flavorless salt is neither good for soil nor for the manure pile. You ain't good for the poop. He says, it's thrown away and anyone with ears should listen and understand. He said, you ain't even good for the poop. They just tell you, you, you you're, you, you're literally useless. He says, if you really want to be my disciple, you really want to do this Christian thing. See, a lot of time when I tell people, you say you don't go to hell for sin, you go to hell for disbelief. For some reason, they think I'm saying, just go live however. Baby, our salvation is sealed in what Christ did. But your lifestyle should automatically start to produce fruit if we really belong to Christ. If you really come into the knowledge of Christ and you touch that life source, listen, listen. As long as I'm not in this light, and I'm over here, I can say all I want that I'm in the light. And I should almost have him cut the stage light and just make it pitch black dark here just to make this plain. But the minute that I come into this light, if I say I'm in the light, it's shining on me. It's all on my face. It's causing glares. It's inevitable. But the minute I get into this light, you're going to immediately see, a, re see a, 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 a reaction to the fact that I'm in the light. A lot of us are I'm in the light. I'm in the light, but why don't I see no light on your life? Why don't I see no life? Why don't I see no fruit of the spirit? Why are you so mean all the time? Why do you always need prayer? Like, when God, I, do you even read the Bible at all? Like, but I thought you was in the light. I thought the light of God, the life of Christ was shining on you. But how are you always so defeated? But I'm in the light. Hold up, hold up. I'm in the light, Pastor. I'm in the light. I come to church. We're going back to that. I'm here. And see, if we learn to be sanctified, if we learn this first part, the first part is sanctification. Oh, well, we don't upgrade it now. Well, we, we over here. Yeah, I like them just King James Bibles. Yeah. We over here now. See, now we got something that's kind of weighty. See, this is part, two, part one. We got something that actually puts some meat on you. See, these are not the best, but if I keep lifting these for a year, I'll get a little stronger. If I keep lifting these 40s, and throwing this 80 pounds in the air over a year, I get a little strong. But God said, that's not it. God said, that's, that's, that's not all I called you to. I, I need you actually to, to give me a little more. And see, a lot of us are content here. But Lord, I just, I, I came from a part, I, I'm a part. I, I'm going to just live for you and do your will and do your way. And see, a lot of us are here. I'm going to give y'all some props because a lot of us are here. And what we do, what, what we, we settle with now is the fact that we, we, we do live sanctified. We, we are kind of holy. We, we understand what God said for our life, and we try. But it's the second part. This is the second part of what you see a what a grown-up Christian would look like. They would be selfless. Now, I had to sit in this one for days. And I'm going to throw a lot of scripture at y'all. Remember this point as we go through these scriptures. The second thing when you see a grown-up Christian, they will be selfless. Watch this. Real growth is getting to the point where it's no longer about you. Listen, 
Jesus said, I came to what? Give you life and life more abundantly. Well, we're supposed to be Christ-like. We're supposed to live lives that are not even supposed to be about us. He says, he says, he says, this is the, per- this is the, new- this is the law of Christ. He said, when we get to the point, when we get to the point where we, we give, we, 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 without second thought, we give up ourselves for somebody else. Without second thought. It is second nature to us to go down so they can go up. You can cut the line. Just take it over. When we get, when it's no thought and we're on the highway and you know they're about to try to get in front of you, a lot of us speed up to close the gap. You ain't get in front of me. Wait and get behind me. It should be second thought for us. Come on in. You should hit the brake and just let them come in. It should be second thought for us. If we're going to really say we're Christ-like, it should be a, it shouldn't even be a second thought. I'll come second, you come first. See, this is a problem in a lot of our marriages. It's a problem in a lot of our marriages. Husbands, I'm going to have to come for a sorry. Uh, it's the problem in a lot of our marriages. We struggle with putting them first. We struggle with giving up ourselves so they can have what they need. We struggle with going down so they can come up. And I'm going to give you all a five-minute uh, marriage counseling. Give me Ephesians 5. This is why we struggle in our marriages so much because we don't want to line our life up with this. And I got to hit this man because I'm, I'm, I'm grooming monsters in here. They're going to be able to take the devil out. So let me hit this now in verse 21. And further, submit to one another as a reference for, for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Malcolm and Ashley, pay attention to me. Because we're about to drill y'all over this for a long time. For, as for 23, for a husband, this is the head of his wife as, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of her body, the church. The, as the church submits to Christ, so the wives should submit to their husbands and everything. So let's get to 25. For husbands, this means loves your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of his word. We're supposed to give up our lives for her for the simple fact for one reason, so she can be holy and clean. Well, how can that happen? Because my wife be popping off and she be tripping. If you obey the scripture and do what it say, God will honor your purse. Let her keep popping off and not being submissive. But you've been honoring God with what you say and you've been doing what you're supposed to do. And you go home and say, God... She, you gave her to me, better put her Adam like in the garden. What happened when she ate that fruit and he came down and said, Adam, where are you? What y'all doing? He said, that woman you gave me, he gave me the fruit. If I start snitching, I tell hey, snitch on your mate. God, he ain't doing right. Now, I ain't going to pop off and even trip. He ain't doing right. I promise you it'll work. I used to hate when Lady P did that. I trip and she just shut down and be quiet. Like, yeah, I won the conversation. Yeah. Submit. I go to the other room and get make me a sandwich. Like, what's this conviction, Lord? I'm sorry. Oh, okay, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, bro. Stop praying. I can feel it. Like, I can feel you praying right now. And she'd be over there like, thank you, Lord. I swear this ha- I can't make this happen multiple times. Snitch on your mate. Lord, I ain't going to make them come to church. You know what they're supposed to do to me get in my car. I'm going. By wife, I'm going to go. You, you, I'm by. Like, don't let nobody, you line up yourself with what God said. He will honor you. He says, watch this. He says, he did this, verse 27, to present to himself a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In order to get, you want your wife to be that, that, that. Give up yourself. He says, he did this. He gave up himself to create for himself a church without spot or wrinkle. He gave himself on the cross that his blood be shed to make his church perfect. Watch. He gave up his blood, causing us to be able to come into him and be, and look, and be white and, and cleanse from our sins. So as much as you sacrifice, as much as you die to yourself, the more you're going to get out of her, according to the text. Watch this, verse 28. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. 
For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it just as Christ loved the church. That's why we got a problem in our, in our, in our, in our marriages. We're selfish. And if we won't really be grown up, we're selfless. We automatically give up ourselves. Now let's look at how this should look in the church. Let's look at how this should look in the church. Pastor, can you give me 1 John chapter 3, 16? I'm going to meet you in a minute. Luke 6, 35, Amplified. Let me give you this really quick. But love that is unselfishly, oh, look at that word. But love that is unselfishly, seek the best and higher good for you, for your enemies. And do good and land, expectantly, expecting nothing in return. For your reward will be great, rich, abundant, and you will be sons of the Most High. Because he himself is kind and generous and good to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, responsive, and compassionate, tender, just as your Heavenly Father is merciful. He says, be selfless and loving. I'm about to wrap this up for y'all. Stay with me, Philippians 2, to verse 3. Don't be selfish. There it is, word again. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of yourselves better than, than yourself, thinking of yourselves, as, uh, thinking of your others as better than yourselves. He says, think of others better than you think of yourselves. Verse 4, don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. He's trying to make us real Christians now. He said, if you're going to really do what Christ Jesus had, had the same Christ attitude he did, give up yourself. You, you make a practice of thinking of others more than yourself. Romans 12, 9. Romans 12, 9. 14, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. We hate giving somebody stuff. I got a bar or something. Oh, what's she going to give me first? It's, that's what we do for Christmas. I ain't giving no good gifts. Let me say, who got my name? You see who got your name first. He said, take delight in honoring each other. It should just be automatic that you go down. So what if they give you some, some socks? And you didn't win, got them a $500, $600 PlayStation. You going to give me some socks? Like, you should be like, it was never about me in the first place. So now my expectation wasn't to get nothing anyway. He says, do stuff, do stuff for others without even expecting something in return, we just said. Look, he says, he says, never be lazy, but work hard to serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. And keep on praying. Oh, I love that. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. That means you have pre, you should have a I used to do this. Every month, I would literally leave something in my budget, even if it was just $50. If anybody needed anything, I was ready. I would literally leave money in there ready for if anybody needed anything. That's why when they ask, I got you, cash out immediately. Because all right, in my mind, I have some. This is not just a money talk. Sometimes this is just people will call you, my tire blew out. And you don't reply to that text. I was asleep. You take about four hours. I was asleep. I seen your bubbles. Don't, when somebody call you at a certain time of the day, you buy. I know they're about to want me to come do something. Nope. <laughs> but that's not what it says here, dude, to do. He says, never be late. He said, when God's people are in need, be ready. Always be eager to practice hospitality. So some of y'all need to come over at the church and eat. I'm hungry. So I hope y'all ready for practice some hospitality for me. I like chicken wings and burgers. And real. <laughs> yeah, come over. He said hospitality. No, no, I said come over your house. <laughs> Verse 14, watch this, y'all. Come back, are we having fun? Watch this, verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. He wants you to go in your prayer closet for people who hate on you. But that makes no sense. Uh-oh, we're giving up our way. 
and adopt in Christ's way. We're selfless, and when we're truly selfless, even when they do you wrong, it don't matter because you had no expectation to do you right in the first place. You were so focused on what you did to them. This is what true Christianity looks like. See, we haven't done this one in the church very good. We will preach to you until the, to 4 o'clock in the evening and then still treat you like crap. Still see that you're struggling and do nothing. And I, I hate sometimes I come for the, the, the churches so much, but I'm talking to us too. If we're going to be a body of Christ, we got to really be the body of Christ, really be an extension of heaven, really be a tool that he can use. This concept that we wouldn't want to play church and put stickers on the wall and lighting and get a cool choir and make everything look gray and cool, that is not the goal. The goal is to love each other and, and have a, a, a bring a body, of Christ, a body of people together that Christ is in the midst of and he is blessing. Listen, I, I, I didn't do this for, for, to come up. I didn't give up my six-figure paying job and all my sports cars and all my stuff and to come do this for fun. I did this to bring God glory so he can get glory out of us. So what our goal is, is to come together, create a greater space where the Holy Spirit is welcome, people are saved, people are loved, people are delivered, and the kingdom of God is pushed. But how do we do that if we don't give up ourselves? Yeah, you don't want to go to that event, so it's not about you. They need to see you. It's not about you. And usually when we start doing stuff like that and people get hurt when, we, when you see selfishness in. People always get hurt when it was a, a selfishness. And what, what I'm about to get to, I'm about to get ahead of myself. Selfish, 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 uh, selflessness equals love. Really what he's calling what I'm saying here is the second thing. If they're going to be selfless, they're going to be loving. See, that's what we're getting to here. You see now in Philippians, they start to bring it up. In Romans, he said, really don't pretend to love each other, really love them. Watch Matthew chapter 5. He says, Matthew 5, 43, if you, have, if you have heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Here you go again. Tell me to pray for the people that are my haters. You're supposed to be in your prayer closet? Not talking about, Lord, get them back. <laughs> Revenge, vengeance is the Lord that I say. No, he said, you should be saying, Lord, show them that they ain't being loving. They, they love you and they believe in you, but they just off right now. You're supposed to be really interceding. He's talking about an intercession here. You're supposed to be really be interceding for them because in the, in the end of the day, that's your brother in Christ. Y'all both going to heaven. So what God is trying to get you to do is use you to break them free. But you're so busy being selfish, being loveless. He says, by, uh, uh, verse 44, but I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, verse 45, you will be acting as true children of the Father of heaven. He says, for he gives his sunlight to both evil and good. He sends rain on just and unjust alike. If you, love, if, you only, if you love only those who love you, what reward is it for that? What really proves why you were yet sinners Christ died, what really proved his love and really proved he was at, when he did it for free when we could offer him nothing back. When we were spitting in his face, he said, I'll die. They were literally spitting in his face, gambling over his clothes, mocking him, poking him in the side. And he's talking about, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. That's love. That when they doing you wrong and you know they lying, you look at them like it's all good. And then you're going to turn around and pray for them. That's what he did. Forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. That's why we keep mentioning this prayer thing. As they're doing you wrong, he said, pray for them just like I did. He said, watch this, verse 46. If you only, uh, 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 verse 47. If you are kind to only friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. The culture does that. They only cool with who cool with them. He says, you're not, that's not sanctified. That's not set apart. Pagans do that. People don't even like God. They do that. Atheists do that. That ain't doing nothing special. He says, verse 48, but if you are perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. He said, but if you are perfect, even your Father in heaven is perfect. Give me that first John for me, Pastor. 3, 16 through 19 for me real quick. 
with me? Well, you was off on me to hear me? I didn't. Okay, let me take this one. Yeah, I was talking to you. I got it, though. First John chapter 3, verse 16. We know that real love, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. We know we have an idea, we have a depiction, an example of what this is. He gave up his life for us, so we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? How can that love be in your person? You won't even help your brother. He says, dear children, let's not really say we love each other. Let us show the truth of our, let's show, show that the truth by our actions. He said, I'm trying to get you to actually live it. He says, verse 19, our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we be, so we will be confident that we stand before, so that we will be confident when we stand before God. He said, I don't need you. This is we should, John said it. Paul said it in Romans. Don't just pretend this thing, actually do it. This will prove that God truly lives inside of you. This is the way we impact culture. This is the way we get them to come in, by truly loving them. When they can offer you nothing in return. John chapter 15. We keep saying, well, what's this commandment? The last one said, you've all heard the commandment. Well, what commandment? Let me remind you. See, this is the new, we have an Old Testament. The law of Moses, all these laws, 613, 10 commandments. We know that. But see, that was the Old Testament. See, Jesus came down the cross, his blood was shed, and he paid that cost. for Because none of us could ever keep all those. But he did. And he came and perfected that law. He said, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill the law. So he said, I got to come up with something new now because the old one is done. I, I dealt, I'm dealing with that one. Where's the, what's, the new test, what's the New Testament law? Well, let's see what it is. Verse 12, chapter 15. I love this in Amplified. This is my commandment. That you love... And unselfishly seek the best for one another. Just as I have loved you. He said, I've given you an example now. I've taken care of the law. I've gave you an example of what it is. Now, I need you to turn around because I'm going to be with my father. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit to help you replicate that love in the earth. He says, he said, this is a commandment. I didn't ask you to do this. This is a command. Verse 13, no one has greater love nor, nor stronger commitment than to lay down your own life for his friends. You are my friends if you keep doing what I command you. Verse 15, I do, I do not call you servants any longer, for a servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you my friends because I have revealed to you everything that, 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 that I have heard uh, from my father. Verse 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have appointed a pla and placed a purposely plant and purposefully, purposefully planted you so that you would go and bear fruit and keep on bearing. I've showed you an example of love. I, you didn't chose me, I chose you. Now I want you, I planted it and predestined and planted you to go reproduce love. Just be a love factory. He says, he says, so whatever you ask for in the Father's name, see, this is why we want to get to the name and the claiming and the blessings. He said, but you have to be a love factory to get that. You have to live unselfishly because I'll give you that power and authority, but it only comes one way. He says, he says, he says, verse 17, this is what I command, this is, this is what I command you, that you love and unselfishly seek the best for one another. First, we got to be sanctified. This is what a mature Christian looks like. This is what when we grow up, you'll be sanctified and then you will unselfishly love. You'll be sanctified and set apart for holy loose, holy use. And then by doing that, you, uns you, you unselfishly love. Watch this. I got two more. He says in verse, verse, uh, Galatians verse 6, 2. He says, share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. We just told you what the law was. If you want to be obedient, what the New Testament law is to love each other. He says, this is the way to do that. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Verse 3. 
See, we walk around here and got it up there, but it's okay, I just read it to you. But we think we're that important not to carry each other's burdens. We, we really think that I'm too high and mighty. He said, you are not that important. If you want to really choose, if you really want to prove, if you really want to obey the law of Christ, this is how you do it. Romans 13, 8, watch this. I love this. He says, owe nothing to anyone except love and seek the best for one another. Some of you are like, I don't like to carry debt. No, you're supposed to be in debt. It's one thing you're supposed to carry debt on. You owe people your love. He says, he says, oh, no, no, nothing to anyone except to love and seek the best for one another. For he who unselfishly, here, this word again, loves his neighbor has fulfilled the essence of the law. Law related to one's fellow man. Verse 9, the commandments, the commandments you should not commit adultery, you should not murder, you should not steal, you should not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this one statement. See, if you really want to, he took the whole law of Moses and packaged it in one, one statement. He says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 10, love does not wrong a neighbor. It, it never hurts anyone. Therefore, unselfish, in his word again, love is the fulfillment of the law. If you really want to be Old Testament and you really love, if you really want to say, well, I keep the law and I, I'm, I'm, I'm all this stuff, love. Because see, all that other stuff, it won't be no more murder. Police wouldn't do what they do if we were love. White, black, Mexican, wouldn't matter. If love was that, see, we keep picking at the root. This is racism. It's not racism. This is a love issue. If people was really operating in love, it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter what color you are. If we really was attaching ourselves to Christ and letting that be what we was about, it wouldn't matter. I love the message version. He says, don't run up debts except the huge debt of love. You owe each other. When you love others, you complete the law. You complete what the law, was been, what the law has been all along. The law code, don't sleep with another person's spouse. Don't take someone's life. Don't take what isn't yours. Don't always be wanting, wanting what you don't have. And, and any other don't you can you think of finally adds up to this. Love other people as well as yourself. You can't go wrong when you love others. When you, when you added up everything in the law code, that, that some, the total sum is love. And when we get to the point, when we get to the point where we say, you know what? I'm going to be sanctified. I'm going to be holy. I'm going to love. I need to read this. I want to read this. He says, see, I, I wrote this down. How we know we're fully grown up is proven by being sanctified. Well, how we prove we're sanctified is by selfishly loving others above ourselves. See, when we adopt this policy in the body of Christ, to love each other as we love ourselves, because, see, that's true sanctification. That's true set apart. And see, when you really love each other and you really set apart from God, when you really love each other and you really set apart from God, see, he can use you for every good work we learned last week. See, and we'll get to the point where God said, I can use you. See, the last 40s that we just lifted, some teenagers can lift those, but ain't no kids lifting that. But see, these are 70s. There ain't no kids lifting this. See, y'all remember our, our, our scripture in the beginning? He says, he says, you ought to be teachers by now, but still you're babies. And see, if we're going to get to the point in Christ where he said, I can use you for every good work, we got to get our weight up. We got to get stronger. See, if I lift these for a year, I'm going to look good. <laughs> see, I just bought these a few weeks ago. This guy knew I had to preach with him for a few weeks. I'm scared to lift them right now. <laughs> it's 140 pounds. Now, I'm, 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 I'm cautious right now. But see, he says, if we adopt this thing to be sanctified and selfless, <sighs> we can lift. And when God say, love your neighbors, but Lord, no, she don't do me right. Well, Lord, your will, your way. Oh, I got a tithe, tithe, but Lord, I, I, your will, your way. Oh, Lord, tithe, and then you say, say uh, 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 offering, sacrificial offering, 
Well, your will, your way. It ain't about me, Lord. It's about your will. Okay, Lord, 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 wait, 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 wait. You want me to preach? But I'm not a preacher. But your will, your way. See, we'll start lift. Now, I keep doing this for a year. I need some help. Come here, Pastor Anthony. I need some help. I need somebody that can lift this for me. Get, get, I got to put you to work. When we get to the point in the body of Christ where we got some real weight on us, see, ain't nobody, everybody ain't doing that. Most of y'all in here, yeah, get warmed up. Because I'm about to get you work. Please get you warmed up. You're going to need it. So you may want to take that whole vest off everything. You may want to get comfortable. See, see, when we get to the point in the body of Christ, when we're really about that life, when we're really serious about what God is trying to have us do, everybody can't come up here. Most of y'all in here cannot come do what he's about to do. Most of y'all. Maybe a handful of y'all. And that's how normally it is in the church in the body of Christ. Only a handful of people is doing all the kingdom work while everybody else is sitting around. Only a handful of people are serving while everybody else is chilling. Only a handful of people are there while everybody else is chilling. Pick them up. Let's go. See, God says, go, just keep going, go. God keeps saying, I need you to do what you're supposed to do. But, Lord, I don't want to. Lord, I need you to go love your wife. But, Lord, I don't want to. Lord, I need you to be single for five years as abstinent. Oh, Lord, I don't want to. But, but, but it's hard. It's hard for me, Lord. He said, I know. I, put, I need you to get your weight up. I need you to understand that I'm, it's birthing season. I'm trying to produce something in your life. I need you to recognize who you're around. Get your cool love right. I need you to realize, hey, 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 get your weight up. Fasting and praying and committing to me. Then I need you to realize, hold up, it's time to grow up. Because there's no way I can get you grown if you're not lifting weights. I can't get you grown off baby weights. I can't get you grown from lifting this. I need you to get. I need you to put your get your weight up. I need you to go until you almost burnt out. I need to see you get tired because it's gonna get harder and it's gonna get harder and it's gonna get harder. And God is saying it's okay. I put it in you. I got you. And it's gonna get harder, but then something happens. God said, I've been here the whole time. I was just trying to get you to the point. I was trying to get you to the point where you would just realize I was the source. I was, I was trying to get you burnt out just so we get to the point where we realized I was here for you. That was the whole thing was about. He said the whole point was for me to break you down. See, I, we can't get there. We see, we can't get there because we won't get in the gym. We won't live nothing. See, see, yeah. See, see, but see, but see, guess what? He's stronger than y'all. He's bigger than y'all. He can do things y'all can't do. You, thank you. He can do things y'all can't do. And too often in the body of Christ, we're in situations and in seasons where we were supposed to get through that season easy, but we can't. Because we wouldn't allow God to produce in our life. We wouldn't lift the weights. We wouldn't be sanctified. We wouldn't love our neighbor. We wouldn't be committed. We wouldn't do what God says. So now we go, now we run in the gym. <sighs> okay, Lord, I can't do that, Lord. Okay, here, I'm sticking over here. Yeah. <laughs> Found the praise dance, yeah. <laughs> Play church, yeah, yeah. Come to the meetings and clown everybody in the meeting. But I'm here. He said, I'm tired of playing church. I'm tired of Zumba church. I'm tired of Zumba church. Go, 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 go. Sweating ain't doing nothing. He said, I need somebody who's willing to lift some weight. See, what the disciples were supposed to do was lift some weight. They were supposed to take some weight off of him, but they wouldn't listen. They wouldn't allow him to say, I got to go. They wouldn't listen. So when he died, they were supposed to be like, he said this, let's go. But they're like, where is our Lord? Where is our Lord? He's like, oh, my God, how long must I be with you? And God said, some of y'all, I'm sorry, words, but we've been selected to be different. I need you to get your weight. You got to carry some extra weight. But don't worry, because when you get to a certain season, when you feel like you can't go no more, 
and you feel like it's all out over. And you feel like he said, I'm the type of guy that I show up in the nick of time. See, 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 he didn't know I was coming. I didn't tell him I was going to come help. He didn't know, but he was able to do another rep and another rep and, and another rep. And as long as I have my hands on him, when God said, move over, let me take the steering wheel. As long as I have my hand on him. <laughs> and see, what God would do is send a couple of helpers. He's like, why are these neat girls coming around me all of a sudden to love me? He said, because I knew the whole time you was going to need me. And see, I told you it was birthing season, but it all starts with you. And now I need you to understand I'm trying to produce something in your life, so I'm sending you a new crew. Yeah. <laughs> see, I need you to get your weight up, and it's going to be hard for you, but I got provision for you. I'm Jaira. I got provision for you in the bush, but I need you to receive that. And if we grow to the point where we allow God to do this in our life, after lifting his weights for, it don't even take a year. You do that for a month. Do that all day for a month. Love all day for a month. Live holy all day for just 30 days. You're going to feel different. It don't take long to get a difference in your life. You, you can diet for two weeks. Like, that's 10. You know, them first two weeks will be the fastest weeks. You got that 10 quick the first couple weeks. He said, if I did, you would just allow me to produce you and grow you up to be a kingdom vessel for my use. I'm closing here. I'm closing here. He said in John 13. I'm giving you a new commandment that you love one another just as I love you. So you are two love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love and, uns and, and unselfish concern for one another. He said, this is my new command for the New Testament. This is my new command. I need y'all to unselfishly be going after each other. That's what a mature Christian looks like. That's what a man of God looks like. That's what a woman of God looks like. We're going to tear down this idea that because she's a good singer and she's a good speaker and she's anointed and emotional and speaking tongues and praise dance, that that's what it looks like. That is baby. That is yoga. He says in Ephesians 4, I don't care if you have all the prophecies in the world. I don't care if you're speaking all the tongues in the world. I don't care if you're going to be burned up as a martyr. Without love, you are a clanking symbol. You are nothing. You are bankrupt. That's what the scriptures say. If you don't love and you don't have love, I don't care about your gifts. And we got to realign ourselves with we're going to be sanctified. It's not about our own club and I don't do this. What he's asking for is to be loving, to be like him. Because every sinner Jesus came in contact with or encountered, he loved them. They feel good around him. They left screaming, he just called me a hoe, but I'm free. <laughs> Am I making it up? The Samaritan woman said, he said, who you, who you married? She said, I ain't married. He said, yeah, the one you laid up with now, that ain't your husband either. She said, ooh, I, it ain't. I'm sorry, God. And then she runs back. I just met a man that told me all about myself. KLT version. Oh, he said I'm a hoe. But I'm free. Free hoe. But that's what he's offering. I can free you no matter what your issue or situation is. And I know I'm having fun, but I'm being dead serious. He said, I don't care your issue. I got you. And what we've done is repainted it and redid it and we made yoga weight Christianity popular. I can't stand these YouTube videos sometimes. Men of God crushing other men of God. Other videos, other pages crushing other pages. And they do it all in the name of, I got to stand for the word and stand for God. He told you to love. You're supposed to be concerned with how you make your brother feel. You may be completely right. But what do you think it's going to make him feel when he see that? It's going to discourage him. Mess him up hurting. But you so busy trying to be, I gotta tell the truth. Well, really, what you're doing is building likes and followers. You're building an income. You're gonna make all money in off that video. You got the nerves to be in the comments. The Christians are in the comments beefing. Now, who would wanna come to Jesus Christ?
when they see the Christians in the comments, when you see Christians posting videos about other Christians because they don't like the way they preach or they don't like a topic or they don't like something that they have a revelation on and they don't think they're right, so they're bashing each other. What are we doing? Sanctify equal holy. Selfishness equal love. When we adapt these, these we know we're a God in God's perfect will. When we adapt these, we know we are in God's perfect will to be sanctified holy and to be selfishly loving. That's when you know you in God's will. You ain't got to rethink it. God, I'm struggling. I know you are. He's saying, keep pushing. I got you. I know you a knucklehead. You're going to say, I knew that anyway. I got you. I need you to keep trying. Last part. Part of our growth is humbling ourselves before God. Part of our growth is humbling ourselves before a holy God. Luke 18. Pay attention to this because this is. The, I want to segue here into part of us being holy and sanctified is humbling ourselves to a holy God. Humbling the fact that we can't pay for our own sin. He paid for it for us and we have to humble to that grace. Too many of us are struggling with the fact that, oh God, I'm not, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this to be saved. He did all the way they required to be saved. He needs you to humbly accept it. And too many of us in the body of Christ are struggling in this area. And it, it, it breaks my heart sometimes because I fear if you really don't accept grace and you really don't put your whole weight on grace, you may be in jeopardy of hell. We keep telling people you go in hell for the because you didn't repent this morning or for some sin that you are struggling with. No, you go to hell. You don't accept what Christ did for you because you have nobody to pay that bill for you, but you got to pay it yourself. And the ways of sin is you got to pay for it with eternal separation from God. That's what death means. We all going to die. He's talking about eternal separation from the life giver. And too many of us are struggling. Like, well, God. He's saying, come all to me, you who are weary and heavy. I will give you rest. We got to humble to this part. Watch this, what, Luke, what he says in Luke. Watch this parable. I'm going to read this parable and we're just going to pray. Verse 9, this is Jesus talking. Then Jesus told a story. The psalm had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Listen to that. Some had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Sounds familiar, don't it? Everybody else in the church is going to hell except us. I ain't going, you are. Well, we all sinners. If you go, I'm probably going to go too. Watch this parable he teaches them because he's seen what they was on. He's seen what energy they was on. Verse 10. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, a preacher, and the other was a despised tax collector, a sinner. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like the other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like the tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. I tithe, I fast. Look at me. Look at what I do. I live so holy. I'm so holy, Lord. Look at me. I'm not like the sinners in the club. I don't sleep around. I ain't like that. I ain't like them. Watch this, verse 13. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not to even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, oh God, be merciful to me, for I'm a sinner. I tell you, this sinner is not, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, return home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I love this parable because too often we think that we have something to do with our salvation. I don't get it. It's all over the Bible. It's just, I think, it, I feel like the antichrist spirit has grabbed our hearts. And we don't even see it. 
our salvation is based on what he has done. It ain't nothing. He says, your righteousness is as filthy rags. Use maxi pads. That's the translation. Your righteousness on your best day is nothing but a used maxi pad. He said, I need you to take your entirety of your faith, of your salvation, and place it on what I have done for you, the cross of Christ. He says, after that, then I want you to do get rewards. Then I want you to pursue sanctification. But first, I need you to submit to the idea that it's about me. I'm the one who saved you and sanctified you. Your own righteousness can't do nothing. This was a Pharisee. This was a preacher. He tied. He go to church. He preaches. He reads his Bible. He does everything right. Look at me, Lord. I present him. Look at me. I've been living good for you. Look at me. Yes. Yeah. And the other man over there like, Lord, I'm struggling. Oh, I can't stop sleeping around. I'll try to stop smoking, Lord. I'm trying. I just keep going back like forgive me please I'm sorry I need you I need your grace I need your mercy please and Jesus said yep that's what I need I can cover that he said he went home righteous and right the other man went home he said many gonna say Lord Lord listen what he gonna say is how I prophesied it in your name I cast out demons in your name all this work I did for you in ministry they're gonna call him Lord Lord in other words they're gonna call him God he gonna say what depart from me I never knew you. You never truly accepted me as a savior. You tried to work your way into my goodness, into goodness with me. I needed you to put, give me that. And, I, and if there's anybody here today who said, I just, I've never in my life confessed Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Or it's been a long time and I've been away from him for so long. I've been away from him for so long. I want to submit to this. I'm that sinner that's on that page. I'm that tax collector. I'm that one struggling. I'm that one that's been struggling to get it right. But today, I, I want to leave here different. I want to leave the temple different. I want to leave different than what I came. If that's you today, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. Please close your eyes. Saints, just pray. Just pray. If that's you, I, gotta leave, I want to leave here different. I'm not struggling when I'm struggling. I ain't gonna lie, I'm admitted, that's me. But I'm done with that. I'm ready to give my problems over to him. I wanna trust him now. If that's you, I'm actually just raise your hand. Hallelujah. I see you, hallelujah. Is there anybody else that say, hey, 